Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. We're beginning a new series, and I want to jump in because uh, we're going to get to a few different things today, but we're going to be in this series for uh, the next several weeks, and uh, here's what we believe as a church. As I was thinking through this and just kind of setting up where we're going in this series, and and specifically even today, uh, we believe that there is one God, uh, but He is eternally existent in three persons, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We would refer to that as the Trinity. Maybe you would refer to that as the Godhead. But this is what we believe as a church. And uh, in fact, this is how we would say it. There's one God, eternally existent in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three are co-equal and co-eternal. And uh, just a couple of different areas in Scripture where uh, where I see this, in the beginning we see that God is creating and the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And John would later tell us that Jesus was the Word and the Word was in the beginning and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so we see all three uh, there. At Jesus' baptism is a great place where we hear, we, you know, there's the voice of the Father. Jesus is in the water and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove on Jesus. And we see all three in that moment. And uh, they all have their unique roles that they play, but for the next, uh, for the next several weeks, I want to talk to you about um, really the member of the Trinity that I think we have a tendency to neglect in our personal lives, and we neglect a lot of times even in the church, and maybe you, and here's the reality, maybe you even grew up in a church to where uh, this person that we are going to talk about for the next several weeks was never even mentioned it was that neglected. But we believe that there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to be in a series that we're calling this. It's called For Your Good. And then the little subtitle is The Gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that the Holy Spirit is for your good? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point you to a, a verse in just a moment. It's going to be our theme verse for this entire series. And uh, it's something that Jesus said that, that I got the title for this series out of and kind of where we're going. And this is it in John 16, verse 7. Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is, say it with me, for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It is for your good. Jesus said, and you've heard us mention this before, Jesus said when he was going back to heaven, he's talking to his disciples. He said, it is for your good that I leave. To which they would be in the moment thinking, why is that for our good? And Jesus elaborates and he says, because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come and you want the Holy Spirit to come. So it's for your good that I'm going back to heaven. Jesus is saying that it's for our good, for their good, that he goes away so the Holy Spirit can come. And so uh, for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and we're even going to be leading one of the groups that we're doing, we felt led to do during the summer, is even a group on uh, the Holy Spirit. And um, I believe that we need to understand the Holy Spirit. Um, about three years ago, I think it was in 2020. Anybody remember 2020? Anybody just have like a vague memory of 2020? 
Isn't that crazy to think that's already been over three years ago when all that, you know, started happening? Anyways, I won't get on that, but it's about three years ago I did this entire series um, on the Holy Spirit, and so what I've done is I've gone back and I've read through all of those messages that I preached back then, and I've been reading some additional things and listening some things and kind of putting some things together, and I felt like the Lord was leading us as a church into another series talking about the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to give you. And we may do this, I don't know, every two or three years, it might be a good idea to just circle back around and just be reminded of who the Holy Spirit is and why we need him and all those things. So, uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. And here's what I felt like the Lord showed me as uh, believers as I began to prepare for this series. Some of us, just a few different categories, some of us don't understand the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's you, and if you're here and you don't understand the Holy Spirit and you're thinking, I don't know if I want to get into this series, you know, because of things that you've experienced in the past. Um, we're glad that you're here because I want to help try to maybe demystify the Holy Spirit for you. Um, some of us have never been taught about Siri doesn't understand. Um, some of us have never been taught about the Holy Spirit. Some of us um, didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. I heard one pastor say one time, he said, uh, he said, maybe you grew up in a church like me to where, uh, you know, you, there came a moment when somebody was introducing you to the Holy Spirit and you thought, I didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit, right? You know, it's like it, the, the place in the Bible where the disciples come and they're like, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they're like, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Maybe that's kind of, you know, you maybe heard the term, but you're not that familiar with the Holy Spirit. Some of us, um, this is a big one. Some of us are scared of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand because some of you are scared to do that as well. <laughs> but some of us are scared of the Holy Spirit. And the reason we're scared of the Holy Spirit is because of things that we have seen somebody do or people do or things that we experienced growing up. And so we're a little bit terrified of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I remember... One instance, we were in a, um, I can't remember where we were. It was some, we had just been invited to this, this service somewhere, and, and uh, the, we were down at the front, we were worshiping, and, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, like, man, it just feels like, you know, the, the power of God's moving, and, and, and if you've ever experienced somebody do something out of the norm, something that you, like, you saw it happen, and you were like, hmm, you know? And I remember this uh, this lady, and she just kind of spun around and 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 kind of hit me on the head while we're worshiping. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, I went back to my seat, and I was like, you know, I don't know if the Holy Spirit would hit me upside the head by somebody standing next to me, right? And so maybe you have a story like that where you've experienced something, and you thought that was weird. Anybody ever thought that was weird? That was weird. Um, one pastor said this, and I, this has stuck with me ever since I heard him say this. I want to give it to you today. I've said it before, but he says, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And if you've seen people, and, and, here's, and, and I love, he put this little tagline on it, and he said, people would be weird. He said, that person that was weird and called it the Holy Spirit, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes, and listen, this is not to bash anybody that has, that maybe, you know, like anything that you've experienced in your life at all. But I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit is not weird. 
You may have experienced some weird things, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. And even to the degree that sometimes we think that people or the Holy Spirit is weird because we see things or hear things that we don't understand. And we have a problem as human beings because when we don't understand something, we write it off. When we don't understand something, we push it to the side. When we don't understand something, we think that must not be God. Like, have you ever tried to understand everything about God? Good luck. But listen, the Holy Spirit is not weird, but some of you in the room, some of us in the room, we're scared, and when you heard me say we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, you were like, huh. Maybe we're going somewhere else next week. <laughs> I think that there's another category of people that might be sitting in the room, and that's people that are curious. Because you haven't heard a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, and you weren't really taught growing up about the Holy Spirit, and you're kind of curious, wh- who, who is the Holy Spirit? And so in this series, we're going to be talking about things like how the Holy Spirit helps us and the importance of walking with Him, the gifts that He gives, the fruit that He produces, the power that comes from Him, how we can receive Him, all these things. And full disclaimer, we're going to be, this is going to be a very Scripture-heavy series, because Uh, I want to point you back to what the Bible says about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, not just my opinion about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. So we're going to give you a lot of scripture in this series, but I want to ask you a question to kind of get us going today, and then we're going to jump into our main text for this message in part one of this series. And here's the question. If you're not afraid of the Father and you're not afraid of Jesus, why should you be afraid of the Holy Spirit? If you're not, you say God the Father and nobody cringes. You say Jesus Christ and what he did for me and nobody cringes. But for some reason, when we say the name Holy Spirit, people get nervous. But if you're not afraid of God the Father and you're not afraid of God the Son, then why in the world should we be afraid of God the Holy Spirit? And so I'm encouraging you. Here's my encouragement as we jump in. Let your guard down. Because some of you, is, I mean, like, as soon as this topic comes up, you're just like, walls go up, memories come up, things you've experienced come up. Like, all of this stuff comes up in your mind. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Let your guard down and just receive what God's word says about the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? Can we just let it all go and let's just receive what God's word says about the Holy Spirit? All right. So here's where we're going to begin today. I want to begin in Acts chapter 1. Jesus has said that it's for our good for him to go away and the Holy Spirit to come. And then here's what Acts chapter 1, I want to start in verse 1 and we'll read eight verses. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Talking about the book Luke wrote, the book of Acts. And so Luke is referring to his gospel, if you've read the gospel of Luke. So he's referring back to that. And he's saying, hey, this is what I I wrote before. It says, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, 
while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to, uh, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I want to kick off this series with, uh, with this title today. And if I, if, if I could say it in this way, if it was like the Holy Spirit was standing here next to me, here's what I would tell you. Meet the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you on the title, Meet the Holy Spirit, and I want to kind of introduce this idea. And here's, here's point number one. He is a person. He is a person. Uh, this is the first point in this entire series because I believe it is the most important thing that I can help you understand about the Holy Spirit. He is a person. In fact, why don't you just go ahead and look at the person sitting next to you. Come on, look him in the eye. Look him in the eye. Tell him he is a person. Now, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever, maybe you've referred to the Holy Spirit in this way or you've heard someone refer to the Holy Spirit in this way as an it or as a force or as, the, you know, like this, this thing that kind of comes on you. No, like the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. Look back at our, our theme verse again. This is John 16, 7. Look at what Jesus said. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, everybody repeat this with me. I will send him to you. Just want you to see that. Jesus, the Son of God, has just been resurrected from the grave. And here is what he's, he, or no, he has not been resurrected yet. He's telling his disciples what is to come. And he says, listen, I have to go away. But it's better for you for me to go away. Because if I go away, I will send the advocate. I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send him to you. Now, as I was preparing for this message, I read 32 translations of this verse 32 translations of, well Gabe did you read the King James yes I did yes I did if that's your cup of tea then more power to you did you read the new King yep I did NASB mm-hmm, ESV NLT NIV CSB and 24 other versions and you know what I found in every one of them I found this statement right here I will send him. I will send him. Not I will send it. Not I will send this. I will send him. Jesus said in every version, like Jesus speaks English. Like that's his main. We have we think in America we're like English is, is God's first language. I don't know if you know this or not, but God speaks every language. Okay? says, I will send, if it's better for you to go away so that I can send him. I'm going to send him to you. Now, let me just state the obvious. Um, you can't be in close fellowship 
with an it or a force. And I want you to see what the Amplified, I love what the Amplified Bible, how it, how it gives us some wording around this verse. Look at John 16, 7 in the Amplified. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, I like that, to your advantage, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, look at this, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. You and I cannot be in close fellowship with an it. When was the last time, come on, anybody ever seen the movie Castaway? When was the last time that you had your, you know, you had your beach ball or you had, you know, it's like you're in close. Now, some of you think you're in close fellowship with your truck or with your automobile, right? But you can't be in close fellowship with an it or a force. You can only be in close fellowship with a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. I love what one pastor says about the importance of understanding the Holy Spirit is a person. He says this, if you don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, then you won't develop a personal relationship with him. If you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you won't even see the need to develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. But we can have a personal relationship with him because he is a person. And it's so important that as we get into this series of messages that you understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus said, it's better for you, it's for your good that I go away. Why? So that I can send him to you. I'm going to send him to you. Here's point number two. He is a promise. So not only is he a person, he is a promise. Now I want to show you, this is where we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture um, in, these, in these next couple of points. But if we go back to our main text today in Acts chapter 1, we see this in verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. In other words, Jesus is saying, I have spoken about this gift that my heavenly father has promised to you. And so before you go do anything, you need to wait here until you receive the gift, you, until you receive the promise. Our Heavenly Father promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's what you need to know about God. Our Heavenly Father keeps His promises. He keeps His promises. If He has promised you the Holy Spirit, He will keep that promise. In fact, we can look all through Scripture and already see where He did keep that promise. You may have been questioning if God keeps His promises, but I want to point out to you just in a few places where we can understand that God does keep his promises because we struggle with this sometimes you ever struggle with wondering if God kept his promise like do you really are you a promise keeping God because this is what I feel like you've promised to me but I don't see that in my life yet no God is a promise keeping God look at what the psalmist wrote this is in Psalm 145 verse 13 your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does and so we see that God, the Father, promised the Holy Spirit, and we know that God keeps his promises. He is good, he is faithful, he will keep his promises. But we can also see in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit was promised. This is in Ezekiel chapter 36. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Look at Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And what's interesting to me about this prophecy from Joel, where he's talking about God is saying, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. And this is old men are going to dream dreams and and young men are going to see visions and these things are going to happen. And then after being filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you've read this or not before, but Jesus has said, wait here until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they wait there. Some, not everybody waits, but when it gets, you know, like they're all in one accord, they're all in the upper room, and then we know the story where the Holy Spirit comes and fills them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter would go on to quote these verses to show, listen, that God had kept his promise. They come out of the upper room, and everybody's like, "Woo! are these people drunk? Like, they've had way too much to drink, and how do they know all of our languages and all these? And Peter's like, no. I I love the Bible because Peter comes out, and he's like, these people are not drunk. And you know what he says? He says, it's way too early in the morning for that. (laughs) Like, why are you even considering that? Come on, you should read your Bible. (laughs) Peter's like, why are you even making that comment? It's like, I may have to just give you my watch. I don't know what my watch is doing. So this is in Acts chapter 2, and this is what it says. Peter's been filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And here it is. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes what we just read. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And Peter steps up, and he says, hey, let me let you know something. You remember this prophecy? God kept his promise. This is not about anything else other than what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. God kept his promise. He poured out his spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And toward the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus spoke quite a bit about the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is in John 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. There it is again, him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. I'm just going to emphasize that every time I read that so that you can walk out of here today understanding you need a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's a person. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. John 16, 13 through 15, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak not on not on his own or he will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard he will tell you about the future he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me all that belongs to the father is mine this is why i said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me so the old testament promised him our heavenly father promised him jesus promised him and talked about him and here's the great news and now he's here The Old Testament was pointing to it. Hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what God is saying. 
our Heavenly Father, Jesus even spoke about it. Hey, He has promised you the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I have spoken about Him. You've heard me speak about Him. He talked to His disciples about Him before He was going to go to the cross, and He knew He was going to go back to heaven. He's like, you need to know something. You need to know that I'm going away, but there is someone else coming. I'm going away, but it's better for you, it's for your good, that I go away so that I can send Him, so that He can come. And here's what I believe that we need to know. If you are a believer in Jesus and the Holy Spirit is promised to you, then you can receive him. You can receive him. So he is a person. He is a promise. And then here's point number three, and we're going to end with this one for the next few minutes. He gives us power. He is a person. He is a promise. And this is so important. He gives us power. He gives us power. Here's what Jesus said before he went back to heaven. Verses 7 and 8, we read it earlier. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples are having, Jesus is having a conversation. The disciples want to know, Hey, is it time for the kingdom to be restored? Like, is it time for God to set everything right? And here's what Jesus says. It's not for you to know. The dates and the times and all these things, that's not for you to know. And then what seems like it's a complete flip. He says, you, those things are not for you to know. The Father has set those things and those times and those dates and all those things to happen. But here's what you do need to know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to do all these things. Jesus, you remember in the, in the Gospels when Jesus even said, greater things shall you do than I even did. How in the world can we do those things if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit? And my concern going to say fear, but I don't want you to be fearful. My concern is that we are living our lives afraid of the one who gives us the power to live our lives the way that we need to live our lives. And because we're afraid, and wouldn't it be such a great tactic of the enemy to make you afraid of the person who can actually give you the power to live this life and overcome sin and be a witness everywhere that you go, wouldn't it be a great strategy to make us all afraid of the person that Jesus said, it's for your good that I go away so that I can send him and you want him because he's going to give you power. He's going to be in you. He's going to give you power. I was looking up this word power, and you probably know this, but it's where we, it's dunamis. It's the where we get the word dynamite in the English language. But what I found interesting doing a little word, word study is this could actually be translated to say, instead of, but you'll receive power, it's, it's power through God's ability. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be beneficial to have power through God's ability? In your life. I mean, wouldn't you want to walk out today and, and, and just say, 
I'm so glad that on the inside of me, I have the power of God's ability. That I don't have to muster up anything. I have the ability of God. On, I have the power of God on the inside of me. It's power to achieve. Some of us are trying to achieve some things without the power. And other, other translations or other meanings could be might and strength. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you need to wait here until you receive the promise. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive power through God's ability. You're going to receive power to achieve. You're going to receive might. You're going to receive strength when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I think that Peter's first message in Acts 2, if you read that, I mean, filled with the Holy Spirit, he steps out, he sees an opportunity, he preaches to the crowd, and 3,000 people get saved in a moment. 3,000 people are added to the body of Christ. 3,000 people experience salvation because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was working through Peter in that moment. It was the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter steps forward, preaches this message, talks about the kingdom of God, talks about what Jesus Christ did, talks about all these things, and 3,000 people. 3,000 people come to Christ in one setting through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I submit something to you? Could it be maybe just maybe we're trying to reach the one without the power of the holy spirit and when peter walked out in the power of the holy spirit 3000 people i mean peter walks out and preaches the message and when he finishes the message they look at him and they're like tell us what to do tell us what to do says, here's what you need to know, and they're like, whoo, okay, tell us what do we need to do. What do we need to do? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The message I'm even preaching to you right now, it's only effective through the power of the Holy Spirit. I could never say enough eloquent words or put everything together just in a, even though I try and even though I labor over it and how can I make this understandable, I could never do the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And the only way this is effective is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit. I was, I, I was thinking about this. I, I had this example that I was thinking of over the last couple of weeks and then, um, and then me and my brother-in-law were doing some work, and, uh, and I got a great example, like first-hand example of this. Um, I was thinking about, anybody ever understood, anybody ever had a moment where you understood the importance of power steering fluid? <laughs> you ever tried to drive a vehicle without power steering fluid? <laughs> oh, you're going to remember this. <laughs> we, so many of us, are living our lives without power steering fluid. And I mean, you, you, you ever driven a car without power steering fluid? I mean, you're like, you know what I'm saying? You're like, do these wheels move? I mean, like, does this, <laughs> does this thing work? And we, were, we got in this, um, 
we got in this vehicle, and one of the, the first things uh, got behind the wheel, <laughs> and he, he looked at me, and he said, well, he said, this thing has great power steering, and it was a complete sarcastic <laughs> remark because there was no power steering. At one moment, we're, we're trying to turn into the driveway, and I'm trying to shift and turn at the same time. <laughs> and, and he said, I, I can't remember how exactly you said it, but it was something like, good luck with one arm. You know, like, <laughs> like trying to, it's like you're trying to shift and turn, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like how. And, and I felt like the Lord gave me this picture of how we, we tend to live our lives. And we have great intentions. We have great intentions. We want to do, most of us want to do what God wants us to do. We want to reach the people around us. And we want to serve. And we want to, we want to experience these things. And we want to be in the community. And we want to live it out. And we want to overcome sin. And we want to have a testimony. We want all these things. But many of us are living our lives And we're like, why can I not seem to get my life to turn in the right direction? And it's because we're trying to do it without the power. And we don't have the power because we have been afraid. Of the one who was sent to give us the power that Jesus said, you're going to receive power when he comes on you and you need him. You need him. He gives us the power. And a lot of us, man, we're straining and striving and trying and we have good intentions and we want to do the right thing. And we want to be about the kingdom and we want to be about God's business and we want to make better decisions and we want to live for God and we want to overcome sin. But we're trying to do it without the power. We're trying to do it without the ability to actually do it. I'm going to bring the worship team back. Our mission, I was thinking about this, our, our vision, our mission as a church to see people know, grow, and go. Maybe you've seen this in the lobby. We have it on the wall, and or you've been through Next Steps, and, and you've heard us talk about it and teach on it and things like that. And think about we want every person to know God personally and grow in their faith and relationship with others and to be able to go and build the kingdom. Go. And the third part of our mission is for every believer to go, but how many of us are trying to go without the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I've discovered in my life. When I try to do it on my own, when you try to do it on your own, we burn out, we get discouraged, and we strive because we're trying to do things without the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we even begin to question God. We begin to question if God is even real. Does God even care? Does God see what I'm trying? You ever made this? You ever made this comment before? Does God even see what I'm trying to do? Maybe I'm just I'm not saying it, it is. I'm saying maybe the problem is you're trying to do. And not allowing the power of the Holy Spirit 
to work in your life. Jesus said, you're going to receive power, and you're going to be my witnesses through this power that you're going to see from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to live out the Christian life and overcome sin and be a witness to those around us. And our theme verse is how Jesus himself said that it was better for him to go away because then the Holy Spirit would come. And I believe it was because he knew that the Holy Spirit would be in us and his power would be able to work through us. Will you stand to your feet? I want to end with something else that Jesus said in regard to our Heavenly Father giving us the Holy Spirit. Because we've already talked about how the Holy Spirit was a promise. And God keeps His promises. Our Heavenly Father keeps His promises. If He said He's going to do something, He's going to do it. Peter steps out and says, hey, let me refer back to a prophecy from the Old Testament that every single one of you probably know. And let me point out to you the fact that God kept His promise. He did it. This is being fulfilled right now. But here's something else that Jesus himself said about his heavenly father giving us the Holy Spirit. He says, this is Luke 11. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, if your son or your daughter asks for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. If they ask for an egg, you're not going to give them a scorpion. You're not going to give them something that's going to harm them. You're not going to give them something that they didn't ask for. You're not going to give, like, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, to your kids, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know how you receive the Holy Spirit? You ask Him. You ask Him. How much more, this is Jesus, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask to those who ask. He's a good father who gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to receive the promise and I want us to receive the power and I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person so that we will see the importance of developing a personal relationship with Him. I heard somebody say it this way one time, said, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, those promptings and those unctions and um, w even when you're reading the word of God and something jumps off the page to you it's the Holy Spirit at work in your life revealing things to you and pointing out things to you he said the more you listen to the Holy Spirit the more you will hear him and the clearer his voice will be in your life you remember when Doug was here and he had the tissue example and he was talking about obedience and every time you obey, there's another thing, like there's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. Every time you, you lean in, you lean in. For some of us, and this is, this is my struggle a lot of times, but for some of us, we just don't like the quiet. We don't like the quiet that much. 
because we get in our thoughts and we start thinking about the things that we don't want to think about and that we tried to put off and that we tried to neglect and all these things. But if you'll, sometimes you just have to get quiet to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Sometimes you'll be standing in the grocery store line and you'll get that, you'll get that unction to do something for somebody. That's the Holy Spirit. You'll just feel like, man, I just feel like, I don't know why, but I just feel like I'm supposed to do that. I feel like I'm supposed to give this away. I feel like I'm supposed to just go up to that person and, and encourage them. I feel like I'm supposed to, that's the Holy Spirit. That's him working in your life. Let him work in your life. Let him work in your life. And the more you listen, the more you'll hear, the clearer the voice will become. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to have the power. I think we can sum up the message today this way. The Holy Spirit is a person who was promised to you, desires close fellowship with you, and will give you power when you receive him. The Holy Spirit is a person who was promised to you, desires close fellowship with you, and will give you power when you receive him. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to go ahead and bring the prayer team down. We're going to have a moment here where you can receive prayer for anything in your life, whatever you have going on. We want you to be able to receive prayer today. But I just want you to, in, in the stillness of this moment, I want you to ask this question that we ask often. You say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And here's what I know. The Holy Spirit was promised to you because your Heavenly Father knew you would need Him. And Jesus said to His disciples and to you and I, these things are not for you to know, but here's what you do need to know. You will receive power. You're going to receive power through God's ability. You're going to receive divine enablement. You're going to receive power, might, strength. You're going to receive this when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So Lord, we come to you right now and we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the work that he does in us and through us. And Lord, I just pray right now over every person in this room who has been afraid of the person of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would remove fear in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would drop our guards, that we would drop our fences, that we would drop the walls that maybe we've put up in this area of our lives. And Lord, that we would be open to what your word says about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives. Lord, help us to develop a personal relationship with him to be able to sense him and hear him and operate through his power in our lives. And God, I pray in this moment as we sing this last song and we worship you, God, if there's anybody here who needs prayer for anything in their life, I pray that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.